So Bennett and Archer are oftentimes fighting as young as young men do. And it, it, it's a lot worse now than it used to be because Bennett is now coming into his own. He's, he's now, he's, he's going to be two in September. And so he doesn't let Archer get away with anything. Uh, if, if Archer gets one of that, he has to have one of that. He doesn't want to do the same things that Archer's doing anymore. And one of the, one of the areas where this comes up in, in, in the most is when it comes to the TV. So it used to be that just Bennett got stuck with whatever Archer chose because Bennett couldn't talk. You know, Bennett just, he couldn't express what he wanted to do or what he didn't want to do. He got stuck with whatever Archer was going to choose. And so Archer had the easy life for a while. But then as, as Bennett has now come into his own and he's able to verbalize what he wants or at least yell so we know that he doesn't want it, he, he's been choosing his movies. And so we, we, don't, we don't have Sky, but we do have Netflix. And so he's able to choose the different things on Netflix and he can point to what he wants. And Bennett, do you want to watch this one? And we usually go through for about five minutes. No, no. You know, like he's got this funny little no. And then finally he says, that one, that one. Okay, okay. You want to watch this one? Do you want to watch? Yes. Okay. And, and it's the funniest thing. He has not to date chosen one normal movie. He chooses the strangest things. He's never chosen a normal cartoon. Archer, wants, Archer watches very age-appropriate cartoons. Zack and Quack and uh, Blaze and the Monster Machines. He, he likes like, ones that we can all rally behind him and say, yep, these are good cartoons for you. Bennett chooses David Attenborough documentary specials. And he, he really does. He, he chooses documentary after documentary. He loves the animal pictures on them. And so he was so funny. He chose a polar bear one recently. He's that, that one. Yes. So we put that one on. And within two minutes, these polar bears are killing one another. They're like, there's blood. We have to turn it off very quickly. And he's quite upset because he wanted to watch, you know. Um, something else that's really funny that he likes is... Um, so he's obviously liking the big animals, and so we have, we have a couple of DVDs at home, and he's, he, he loves The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe because it's got a big lion on it. The sad thing is the lion doesn't turn up forever. So we put on this movie for him, and, and, and even when he does turn up, it's kind of scary, and there's like all sorts of scary things in there, and it's just like this is not what he signed up for when he wanted to see this lion. And me and Angie were talking about that specific movie, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and, and you don't have to be honest, but I'll be honest. When I was younger, that book scared me a little bit. It's got the name witch in it. Like, I was like, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Angie was even telling me she didn't even know how that book got through security at her private Christian school, that they're advertising you to watch this book. What's the point that I'm getting towards? When you have half of the equation, or when you see only a part of something, you can often draw the wrong conclusions based on what you saw. If you have only half of the equation or you only see a piece of it, you can often draw the wrong conclusions based on what you saw. The only one with the full picture is God. The only one with the full picture is God. And right now, we're, we're in, in a larger series of looking at when we say living in purpose, we can use a million words to describe that. We want to see each person doing what God created you to do. 
We want you to connect in to maximize on the potential that God has put and placed on every single one of us. And we want to be active contributors to pursuing the things that God has for us to do and to become. That is the mission that we see ourselves on, the Great Commission to make disciples. Disciples aren't people that make a commitment to Jesus. Disciples are people that have made a commitment and are living fully in what God would have them do. Amen? And so what we're looking at is we're in a series right now, a little series that Bruce started last week of looking at people in the Bible and and looking at how did they discover, how did they walk in their God-given purpose? Purpose is such this big term, and it can mean so many different things. Uh, Jen Tyson did a great job of talking on a testimony of how she's an encourager and gave us some really practical um, insight on how to encourage one another. But if you're not an encourager, that might be hard to kind of connect the dots. Well, I'm not an encourager. That's not my core thing, so who am I? We want to try and unpack a little bit of what does it look like to discover and to walk in your purpose. And we want to look at the lives of people because that's the canvas of which we live our lives. So we're going to start with Jacob, and you can throw the the slide up. There's only one. The title of the sermon this morning is From Jacob to Israel. From Jacob to Israel. So as I was trying to break down the story, it's, it's a huge story, and we can't go into all of the nuances of Jacob, and there was good things no matter where I went, no matter where I looked. But I've, I've broken it down into three categories, and I'm going to actually speak about Jacob next week as well, because there's a second part of his story that I want to unpack. But today, we're talking about Jacob, from Jacob to Israel, and the transition that he made from being Jacob to becoming Israel. And so the first piece that I think that I can see in the story of Jacob, and there's a million ways to look at this, would be the essence. So the first piece is is who Jacob is in the raw materials. So just who Jacob is, his natural giftings, his natural abilities, just who he, who he is, just with, without anyone else's influence, without anything else, just who God created him to be, the raw, the raw materials. And let's start out with, as we're in Genesis 25. Even in the womb, even while they're still in their mom's tummy, Jacob and Esau were twins, and they struggled together. My boys, at least they weren't fighting inside Angie's belly, right? They're not twins. They're fighting together now. Even in the womb, they struggled together. Rebecca was confused as to why these babies are struggling within her. And she asked God, and God says this, Two nations are in your womb, and they shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. God is already prophesying over Jacob about who he is. Even before he's been born, God is, God is giving him a word that he's going to be the leader, that he's going to be a father, that he's going to be the one that leads this family. Afterward, his, and so Esau was born first, but afterward his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. Jacob was born a fighter. He was born someone that wasn't going to let go. He's in the womb and he's fighting with his brother. His brother manages to go out first. He's grabbing onto his heel. Jacob, before anything else happens, the raw materials of him, even when he's a baby, he is a fighter. It's in his God-given DNA. He's someone who's not going to let go. And the first thing that I, I think we need to look at, and I think sometimes as we're trying to to build this puzzle of who are we in God, and God, what do you want me to be doing, and what should I be doing, and 
who am I and where am I supposed to go? The answer is already in the raw material of who you are. Oftentimes, there's not going to be this huge surprise. Um, You're not going to change tracks if you're a rugby player and you love rugby, and then all of a sudden you're just, you're going to go and do ballet. Like it just, God's probably not going to do that. And if he does, God bless you. But, but you hear my heart is that the raw materials of who you are is going to be the makeup of what God uses to move you forward. Your natural giftings, your natural talents, your natural abilities, even, even your personality disposition. While I think all of us should be transformed into the image of who God is, there's still a core of who we are that we are going to have used. So if you're questioning as to, God, what is my role? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? The first thing that I see that I see in Jacob's story is this natural, raw talent of who he is. He's a fighter. That's who he was, who was born to be. I'm going to move to point B pretty quickly because I think this is quite important. But in light of that, each of us has that core of who we are. But this is, this is B, if you will. The conclusions that we and others make about ourselves shape us. So there is this raw material of who God created you to be. He even can prophesy over your life and say, I see this on your life. I see this on your life. I see you being, and we get those words of encouragement. And today, one of the things I've asked some people in the congregation to come up and to pray for folks to continue and give an opportunity for you to have spoken over you prophetic words over your life. I encourage you, if you're wanting confirmation, if you're wanting encouragement, come up and get prayed for at the end of who God is calling you to be, because I think that's an important part of walking in, in everything that God has for us, is being prayed for and, to, and having those purposes declared in us and agreed with. But the conclusions that we and others make about ourselves shape us. And what do I mean by that? So they called Jacob, Jacob. Jacob means supplanter. I didn't even quite know what, I mean, I, I kind of got the idea of what supplanter was, but supplanter means to take the place of someone else through scheming, through force, or through strategy. His parents, Isaac and Rebecca, we don't know who named them, it just it doesn't say who named them, named Jacob, Jacob, and they, they called him someone that's going to take the place of someone else through scheming, through force, and through strategy. I want to suggest that they drew conclusions based on what they saw and spoke into the identity of this young boy. I want to make the note now, and I'm going to reference it later, that God never said how Jacob was going to lead his older brother. When his parents named him, They spoke identity into him to be a schemer, to take something through force or through strategy. That was never once mentioned when God prophesied over him. There's something that I'm going to really unpack is that the conclusions that we ourselves and that others make about us can often shape us to take us often away from the true purposes of God. We see it right away as Jacob lives up to his name. The first story that we see in Jacob, probably a lot of us are very familiar with it. It's when Esau was a hunter and Jacob was somebody that he was a quiet man who dwelt in tents, the Bible says. Esau 
he's out on a hunt and he comes back and he's exhausted. He's just, he feels like he's about ready to die. And Jacob has been making this red stew and Esau comes in and he says, please give me some of this stew. And and Jacob says, I'll give you some stew if you sell me your birthright. Esau says, what good is a birthright to me if I'm about to die? You can have the birthright. And he eats the food and he drinks and he's on his way. But the Bible says he dis- Esau despised his birthright. Esau despised his birthright. Jacob is living up to his name. Did God promise that Jacob was going to lead his older brother? Did Did God say you should trick your brother through force to obtain that which God promised for you? Jacob is truly living up to the name Jacob. Taking the place of someone else through force in this case. And then right away, the next story that we see is Rebecca, some of her influence. She... Um, she overhears a conversation between Isaac and Esau where Isaac is, he's old, he's blind, he's about to die. And he says he wants to bless his son. Now, Jacob has already taken the birthright and the birth, the birthright is the physical inheritance. So he's in essence already become the older son by Jacob giving him the birthright. But the blessing was something very special that the fathers would give their sons. It was a spiritual blessing that Jacob, that Isaac wanted to bestow on Esau. And so um, Isaac, Isaac asks Esau to go and make, go hunt, make, make me a meal and come back and I'll bless you. Rebecca is continuing to influence Jacob to trick their father out of giving him the blessing. So do you, do you remember the story that I, I still remember the cartoon version when I was a kid and it's just in my mind, but they even, they, they got, Esau was a really hairy man, so they put, like, goat's hair all down his arms and on the back of his neck. And Rebecca went and got Esau's clothes so that he smelled like Esau. And I, just, I laughed a little bit when I was reading it. I'm not going to lie, because um, when, when Jacob comes in, and I just picture Esau has got a voice like this, you know. Because the Bible even says that Isaac was a little bit confused because he says, I'm, I'm hearing the voice of Jacob. So I just don't know what Jacob sounded like, but probably not like this, like Esau. And so... Isaac says, you sound like Jacob. Come here, my son. I want to see if it's really you. And he brings him the stew and he, and he smells him. And he smells like Esau's clothes. I don't want to know what, what those clothes smelled like and how, how he knew what it was. And he, he touches the, the skin on his neck and he feels that it's hairy. And so it's, it's Esau. But Rebecca was the one that instigated all of it. She was the one that encouraged him. We got to trick your dad. She was reinforcing this idea that you are Jacob. God has promised you these things. But there's trickery involved. There was deception involved. Has anyone ever trembled that you were so upset and so angry? When Isaac found out, the Bible says that he trembled violently. I can just picture him sitting there just, you know, so upset. And Esau says this, and this is so important. He's crying out with a bitter cry, the Bible says. And and Esau says this, is he not rightly named Jacob? Is he not rightly named Jacob? 
And the thing that I want to talk to you about this morning is what are the conclusions that people have drawn about you or that you have drawn about yourself that have been reinforced by others and by yourself and you've drifted into being stuck into Jacob. This morning we're talking about getting out of Jacob and into Israel. But to look at how we can walk into our purpose, we have to identify who we are and who we think we're supposed to be called to. We'll often draw the wrong conclusions about who we are based on what we see in ourselves and what others have seen in us. Jacob is truly living up to his name. Esau says this, are you not rightly named Jacob? There is a reinforcement that Jacob, that's who you are. Do you feel the judge's, you know, the judge's hammer going down? that this is a final thing about this is who Jacob is. Jacob, you are a trickster. You are a deceiver. You are a cheater. There's a finality about that. Isaac, Esau, Rebekah, and Jacob all still see the witch on the front cover of the lion, the witch in the wardrobe. They've seen characteristics in Jacob And they think they know the end of the story. They've drawn conclusions about who Jacob is. And Jacob and all of them believe that. That that's who Jacob is. I I wrote a list for myself. And it was kind of a painful list to write. But I wrote some of the things and the conclusions that people have made about myself. And I wrote them out. And I said, Jesse is this. Or Jesse is that. Or Jesse is this. Can you fill in the blank of what folks of what folks have concluded about yourself or even maybe what you have concluded about yourself? Because what we said at the beginning, the only one that has the full picture is God. And we can draw wrong conclusions based on what we see. When we're choosing this polar bear movie, we're not expecting these polar bears to start ripping one another's heads off. I think he wanted to see them cutely rolling down. I don't know what he wanted to see. He didn't get what he wanted. But I want to suggest to you that the big part of Jacob's journey is this, is this journey of becoming J- from Jacob to Israel. The conclusions that people draw about us and that we draw about ourselves shape us. The final component of Jacob's story, and at least this morning, I've titled God's Constant Reminders and the Final Conclusion. God's constant reminders and the final conclusion. Because I think one of the things that I was thinking about when I was, I was reading this story is, I always wish God would step in and be like, that's not what I meant. You know, like, hey, Jacob, I really appreciate that you're tenacious and that you're a fighter, but I didn't mean for you to be tricky about it. I didn't mean for you to cheat your brother. Rebecca, mom, that's not what I had for your son when I said that he was going to be the leader. I didn't want him to to make Isaac, you know, who's an old age, almost have a heart attack. I don't want Esau is now planning to kill Jacob. That's not what I wanted. But God is constantly giving reminders to Jacob of who he actually is and what he's promised for him. I was just blown away by the story, and I encourage you to read it for yourself, that this wasn't a story of like God speaks to Jacob at the very beginning of his life, and then he comes and and calls him Israel, which we're about to talk about. He's constantly giving him reminders of who he is. He's constantly reminding him. He's constantly telling him. 
as, as Jacob is fleeing his hometown because Esau wants to kill him, he has the latter dream where angels are ascending up and down. It's powerful. God, again, reminds him of who he is. He reminds him of what's going on. He gets, I'm going to skip through a huge piece of the story here, and you can read it if you'd like. But he goes and he, he goes and marries Rachel and Leah, and there's trickery involved on all sorts. He's getting tricked by Laban. One of the points that I didn't have time to go into, but when we're walking in, in an identity that's not ourselves, we're often going to reap those things that we're walking in. Jacob the supplanter often gets supplanted. Jacob the trickster is often getting tricked. That's, I, we don't have time to unpack that. He marries them. And then as he's leaving there, he becomes a wealthy man. He has lots of sons. He has all sorts of pretty good things happening for him. But he does have to flee Laban because there's just, it's not the best thing. And he's, he flees him and, and Laban and him make a truce and they're all okay. And then as, immediately as he's leaving to go back to his homeland, the first thing that happens, and I'll just read it out. Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. And why is that significant? Because the very next thing that happens is he gets word that Esau and 400 men are coming his way. He's just encountered God. He's just met God. And what do you think his response is when he hears Esau is on his way? Do you think he's filled with hope, joy, and love that he's just met God and God has consistently always been there for him? No, he's terrified. And what does Jacob do as soon as he hears that Esau and his men are on his way? He starts formulating another scheme. He starts breaking his whole family into caravans, and it's the harshest thing ever. He starts putting the ones that he likes the least out the front, and his his favorites. I mean, there's there's all sorts of probably messages in there. His favorites he puts at the very back, so they're the safest. Jacob is terrified. And he's not encouraged that God is consistently reminding him of who he is, consistently reminding of what he's done. And God never once says you should be a tricker. God never once says you should be scheming to get these things that you want. He starts tricking. He prepares everything. But he does this. He does cry out to God at this point. And this is different from what he's done in the past. He cries out to God, and and it's wonderful. And I encourage you to read it. It's in this, this part specifically is Genesis chapter 32. And he cries out to God and he says, he tells God all of the things that God has told him. He doesn't add the trickery part. So he actually kind of goes back to who God called him to be in the first place. And he also reminds God of it saying, don't forget, because I'm still really afraid of Esau. I need your help right now. But he, he cries out to God. And I just wanted to read this part. And he sends his family across the river, and he's left alone. And it says this, The same night he sent his family across the river, and Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the angel said this, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and you have prevailed. Your name shall be called, not be called Jacob, but Israel. Do you know what Israel means? It means struggles with God. 
And there's a second part I'm going to talk about right now. But remember when there was snapshots made about who Jacob was, even at birth? That he was somebody that was a fighter that's not going to let go? But he was spoken over that his name was Jacob, that he was going to take things through force. But do you notice that the raw materials of who Jacob was is still consistent with his identity as Israel? His identity is in Israel, and Israel is someone who struggles with God. That piece of it, that fighter that he is, is still true to who God has called him to be. But do you know the difference, the second piece of what Israel means? It means, may God prevail. The powerful thing that I love about this identity shift is this. Jacob is trying to take the place of someone else through scheming through force for himself. But Israel is someone who struggles with God so that God may prevail. There is a different outworking of who Israel is in comparison to who Jacob is. Jacob is the conclusions that were made by himself and the people around him as to who he was and how he was supposed to outwork who he was called to be in God. They saw pieces of the puzzle. They saw that cover of the book and they thought they knew the end of the story. But God is constantly giving us reminders of who we really are. I think a lot of us are wearing the label of Jacob, and we need to embrace the identity of Israel. And that's different for each of us, who your Jacob is. It's different for, and it's not just the labels that people have given you, but it's the conclusions that you have drawn about yourself. If we're to walk in the purpose that God has for us, we have to let him be the one that finishes the page for us. Amen? You can tell I'm passionate. The key to becoming Israel is not forcing the promises and purpose of God to come in your life. Like Jacob did for most of his life. Jacob was constantly forcing it. But the key is this. It's in being faithful to God as he leads and trusting in his timing. When we are in God, not ourselves or others, we receive the fullness of all he has for us. Just wanted to read this because I think it's so fitting. 2 Corinthians 3.16. And I love the first phrase. But when one turns to the Lord. But when one turns to the Lord, and, and Ernie even spoke about it this morning, the veil is removed. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. God is constantly at work, I believe, trying to change us from Jacob to Israel trying to take the identities that we have assumed through what others have concluded about us, through what we ourselves have concluded about us, and he's constantly reminding us and calling us into his promises. Where is the big shift for for Jacob? It's when he fully turns to the Lord. It's when he fully comes to the Lord. When he, when, and it's, it's just right here in the New Testament as well. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. And, you know, Bruce had a mention about um, Daniel, and he came into his full purposes when he was in his, when was it, his 80s? Do you know that when Jacob was called Israel, he was in his 90s? Next week, one of the things I want to talk about, the sermon is called Long Distance. 
that it's over time that God is working out his purposes, that it's not this one-time event, it's not this one, one event that makes it happen. But it was in his 90s when God brought that to him. God was constantly intervening in his story, constantly giving him encouragement as to who he really was and where his focus was to be. And the message that I have for you this morning is God calls you by your rightful name, who you really are, and brings you fully into your purpose. It's not something to be anxious over. It's something to rest in him over. It's not something for you to force your way into or even to take on board the half picture that people get around you. People that are very well-meaning and that love you so much can give you wrong conclusions that can send you on a path other than what God would have for you. Your current condition, and this is the crux of what I would love to impart this morning, is not the end of the story. I think, and I've felt it before, that I'm stuck in Jacob. I'm stuck in Jacob, and I know God's got these nice plans out here for me to become Israel, but I feel really stuck. Your current condition is not the end of the story. 